so for Ulri. Running at Harman and away from him. And running at Carragher and away from him. Still, Thierry Ulri! Fantastic goal! Absolutely brilliant from Ulri! The 93rd minute at Old Trafford. Welcome to Kringle Talks Football. Hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Kringle Talks Football. This is a podcast where anything and everything will go and always will. Tonight, I'm delighted to welcome both my brother-in-laws, MJ and Si Ahmed, both Man United fans. Oh, here we go, early doors. Um, how are we boys? Welcome. Yeah, not too bad. Looking forward to be uh, part of this. See Ahmed? Very Have you got your intellectual head on tonight? Big time. Alright, cool. I'm worried, I'm worried about what he's going to say. So, so am I, so am I, because um, yeah, he's not the most informative person, to be honest. Um, so obviously, as you all know from previous podcasts, they are both Man United fans, as I've mentioned. Um, so my first question to you both, because you're both from South London, why Man United? For me, Eric Cantona, um, when he left Leeds, he was like, I mean, to me at the time, the way Ronaldo was to young kids now, that was Cantona for me. I mean, if he'd joined another club, I probably would have joined and supported that club, let's oh, wow. be honest. But uh, he was my original influence. Oh. The rest is history. See, Ahmed? To be honest, my first club was Aston Villa. <laughs> <laughs> so you thought, you thought you'd get one that one in there before we exposed yeah, you, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Gareth Southgate, he was my hero growing up. I had his training. Gareth Southgate? Wow. Honestly. Seriously? Yeah, yeah I had his ball issues. <laughs> <laughs> but then when I became six, I joined United because of, again, Cantona. Because, what? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, your dad and mum are both Liverpool fans, yeah? Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, as you know, my wife is also a Liverpool fan, your sister. Unfortunately. Yes. I can agree with that one, definitely. Um, so, what's your earliest memory then of Man United being a Man United fan? You said you're an Aston Villa fan because of Southgate. What's your like proper earliest memory of United? The first season I probably started spoiling them was when Arsenal won the league when they won Old Trafford. <laughs> Mark Overmars gave uh, Gary Neville way too, <laughs> way too many nightmares, yeah? Uh, but, yeah, it is what it is. Funnily enough, my earliest memory of United is uh, they used to do those squad posters where you'd have the whole squad lining up in like three rows. Yep. Um, and the one I remember is we were wearing golden green. Oh yeah, we all had the moustaches. Okay, I think it might have been something for charity, but yeah, that's that's my earliest memory of United. Fair enough, fair enough. So we'll move slightly on because let's be fair. The last few years has been a nice, challenging time for both of our clubs. More so ours. We won't go into ours. It's not about me tonight. It's about you've United. won some trophies. We have. To be fair, you haven't done too bad. You've won the Europa League. You've won a FA Cup in True. that time. True. Uh, Community Shield. Mourinho liked to put that in there as his mm-hmm. trophy as well. So, um, what's what's your current thoughts on the United squad as of 2019-2020? Best squad we've had since Fergie left. Okay. What makes you think that? The best midfield in England, in my opinion. Bruno. For those that don't Bruno, know, Pogba, Pog, uh, Siamed thinks that Paul Bogba is the best midfielder in the world. To be fair, he tweeted yesterday the, the best to ever do it. Yeah, he did. So, um, so you're happy with the squad? Yeah, it's just the manager holds us back. MJ, 
I don't think it's the best we've had since Fergie left. I think the best we had since Fergie left was when we still had Prime Van Persie, Prime Rooney. You know, we still had Giggs, Carrick. You had the potential of Di Maria and yeah. it just didn't work out. We still had Rio. We still had Village, you know. We still had yeah. Ebra. I mean, yeah, they were coming to the end of their time, but I think that Moyes squad under a better manager could yes. have potentially won the league. Yeah. So, my first question then, and I tried to word this off air. I don't think I did word it properly, so you can help me out here. But do you think Fergie had earned that selfishness to leave your squad in that position with David Moyes? No. Okay. I say no. I mean, everybody knows the Glazers are the biggest problem to ever face Manchester United. Similarly with Arsenal with the Cronkies. Both yeah, American very owners. similar. Yeah. Um, both American, both on, I believe, NFL size. Yep. And both care a bit more about their NFL size than they do about the oh, Premier Yes, 100%. Um, the thing with Fergie was he became so powerful at the club that he was then also able to influence who owned the club. Yes. So in the days where, I mean, we all know about the fact that we were two horse race, two horses away from actually having Irish owners. Yes. Rather than having American owners. Um, his influence, yes, he's the greatest to ever do it as a manager, in my opinion. Agreed. And... He gave me the best childhood ever. Agreed. But I do think there was a lot of, you know, things he'd done which were not for the best interest of Manchester United. Would you agree with that? No, he did what he had to do. He wanted Pep, obviously. Pep couldn't come because he wanted promised funds. I mean, Roy Keane says it really well when he says he saw how Brian Robson was treated when Robson was taken out of the side. Yeah. Roy Keane was there when he saw uh, <clears throat> Steve Bruce come to the end of his time. And was, these were legends. Yeah. And Fergie would make it personal. And he'd done the same thing with Roy Keane. Roy yes. Keane was 34 years of age. But, but that's why he lasted so long because he was ruthless. Agreed. Yeah. Oli was ruthless. You know, we wouldn't really... If Oli was ruthless, what would he do differently? What would he do differently? He would not play Fred or McTominay every big game. See, this is where I clash with you. Fred, in the last... Since January, has, in my opinion, been the first name on the sheet. We spent fifty-two million on Fred to become basically something a cheap version. He's worked of really well. He's worked really well. So why are we after Basuma if Fred has worked really well? Because you need to constantly improve your team. I agree. You never stand. Still. I agree. But Fred isn't. Fred is. If Fred is our best player. He's not our best player. I'm not only that just shows the man. He's not our best midfielder. No. He's not our best. Under he's not our better, second best midfielder. Under. Better manager like Poch, Pogba, Donny, and Bruno would all fit in the same eleven, and you wouldn't have Tomine or Fred in the best eleven. Simple. Poch will not do anything differently to Oli. I tactics. No. Oli's got more tactics than Oli. Look, we're the best form team in the league. Since since Oli's come in, by the way, and been appointed your manager, you scored more goals than anyone else. Yeah, because we play away from home on a counter attack. Why do you think our away from is so good? Because everyone wants to attack us away from home. And we end up hitting them on the break. And it it's works. not. It, I don't think it's just that. It's your home form too. The problem is we were listening to something on the way in, and he said it. Your home form against you know some quote unquote the bigger side. You can laugh at Arsenal being the bigger side, but you you set up not to lose as opposed Cowards. to as to try and win. Is you that didn't not set up. So against the likes of City, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, you went at home to set yourselves up. But why we're better team? I, I would agree. Ultimately, our problems in the last five six years have not been against the top six clubs. No. Our problems have been losing to... With all due respect, 
the sm- yes, that was the first game of the season. But um, Palace's away record against you lot had been very good. Plus, only I think it's Liverpool. Liverpool away from home have had a better record than Palace. Yeah. So you can't really say that. I don't think you can put Palace, that down to it. Palace I don't think it's in the league twice at Old Trafford. That's I true. don't think it's a coincidence that City and United both had no preseason and both struggled in the beginning. I do feel we have recovered quicker than they have, hence why we're doing better in the league than they are. Agreed. But I believe that's the problem. That was the problem at the beginning well, of the season. If he doesn't win the league this season, he's cool. So I'll bring it on to that point. Are you Ole in or Ole out? Oh, I'm Ole in all the way. If he doesn't win the league out, I was out, but well, he's not going to be gone, so there's no point in debating that. But problem, if he doesn't win the league, he needs to go. The problem you've got, we spoke about Ferguson. <coughs> when Ferguson was manager of Man United, he was he was the man. Yes. He controlled the scouts, the transfers, yeah. the players, the reserves, the youth team. He controlled everything. Modern day managers don't have that same control. So I when agree. you talk about Solskjaer not going for certain players, not picking certain players, a lot of it's not up to him. I think with modern day football at the biggest clubs in England, so you've got United, City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, you need somebody in charge of the structure unless you're going to have the very best yeah. in their positions mm-hmm. so man city has one of the best directors in his name that guy's name tiki whatever his surname is yeah he's probably one of the best in his so pep can leave all that stuff to him because he knows whatever he does he'll get the best out of it. he doesn't have to run that us and you we don't have that no we no. haven't got that yet for us, we'll bring it to Arsenal. We've made Arteta the manager. But do you think it's needed? No. No. Because looking at Pep, the thing is, everyone raves on about Pep. He, at Barcelona, had the two best midfielders in the world, yeah. and at the time, the best player in the world, alongside Ronaldo and Messi. Yes. He moves to a treble winning Bayern, yep. can't repeat it. But he still has Hankies above him, who'd won everything at Bayern yeah. anyway. But... It, the argument can be made that Pep regressed at Bayern. Yeah, he did. You, there's no way there's, you, you can't. Can top the, the only tr- the only topping you do is continue that. Yeah, that's the only which he couldn't do. Yeah. And then now he's come to City and he's in what third, fourth season. Yes, he hasn't actually won anything for them. That they hadn't won previously. I agree. The only thing he has done that no no other manager has done is win the quadruple in, in domestically. That's the only thing he's done. Mm. But whether or not you put that as a focus or not, who knows? Yeah. Um, but going back to that point is, Ole hasn't got the right people behind him to dictate everything in that club. So he hasn't got the right director yeah, of football. He, he hasn't got one. He, he hasn't got director. Well, I mean, 120 million for him isn't worth. No, because well, Edward. Yeah, but he again does not create the value of the player. No, yeah, it's the selling club. Yeah. It's the selling club, but then it's also. You know, we've seen it before with with City, where they can just go out, spend fifty million on left back, not be happy with him, and they'll spend another fifty if they yeah. want to the next season. You can do that if you wanted to. The problem is, you're the way the club is run. You run on values yeah. and morals, so you wouldn't do that. That's the reason why only now Luke Shaw is starting to be replaced by somebody who's yes. older than him anyway. You no, know, it's also because all the same age, isn't it? All the managers that came thought they would be able to get the best out of Luke Shaw. So he, the four managers that have come in the last six years yeah. or so. Don't get me wrong, nobody could have foreseen his injuries, Luke Shaw's injuries. I, would, I can't use that as an excuse. You can't use an excuse, no, but I think 
when he first joined, it was, you know, you looked. He was very good. He was very good, but he's not good anymore. He's not. No, he's not. He has definitely regressed. We've been a bit unlucky in the transfer market, I think. Um, We've bought players who, on paper, seem really, really good, especially like under Van Gaal, for example. Yeah. Um, And then even under Jose, like when we bought Nery Bailly, there was a lot of excitement. When we bought in Ibra, he was going to be our Cantona. When we brought in, you know, Paul Pogba again. It's just not worked. I think under Oli, the one thing you can say are the signings he has made, Aramon Bissaka, Bruno Fernandes, Alex Tellez, even Cavani to an extent, they have had a positive impact. I agree. That for me is lasting. Yeah. Under the previous managers, there'd be snippets or little glimpses of these, you know, the ability that these players have, but it was never lasting. No. What would you... So, you obviously think you've got the best squad in the league? Or the best squad since best Fergie left? Since Fergie left. City still have the best squad in the league, man. Yeah, I probably got. They got the most in depth. They got the most depth. They've got the best manager and the best squad, but it's just what injuries. do you want to see them from your squad from now until at least the end of the season? By some what trophy? In terms of well, obviously everyone wants trophies. Well, in terms of like, because win, win the league, win a good position. See, I think that's a little bit too far fetched. I'd like if by February we are in exactly the same position as we are now, which is you know if we win our match in hand, we'll be two points off the top. By February, if we're two points off the top. I would say yes. I time challenge. A time challenge. I agree, um, and I don't think that would be unrealistic. But I don't think so. This moment in time, like when you're seeing Aston Villa beat Liverpool seven two, and you're seeing Tottenham beat Man United six one, and yeah. you know you're seeing Man City losing to God knows who, it's just too unstable. Yeah, and I think you are such. Uh, we don't know what we're going to get with you, club. No, right now, you know. Yes, yes, you've got the best away record in probably Europe. Currently on form, yeah. but the problem is you keep conceding first, and some there's going to be somewhere that you're going to concede first, and it's not going well, to go away. Leipzig, didn't it? We it conceded did. first, yes. and we conceded second, and we conceded yes. third. Yes. Um, the thing is, with United, it's not even about you don't know which United is going to turn up for the match. You don't know which United will be turning up for the next fifteen minutes. Yeah. It's like a different team every yes. fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit, and that comes down on the manager. See, I don't think it does. I think you've got to also look at average squad age. We've got I, one of the youngest squads I in agree. the league. I, I think it's a bit of both. You want your manager to get the best out of people. You know, I've, I was having arguments with friends online because I think I said that our squad, the squad that we've currently got, Arsenal, should be minimum top seven. And they were saying, well, yeah, but your squad's not better than any of the other teams above you. And I was like, well, they are, if you look at it on paper. And, but he was like, well, then is that down to man management of Arteta? And I sit back and I think, well, it probably is actually, yeah. And But I think, to be fair, the way your team can show ruthlessness sometimes, and the way it can show the mental side of it, is that next but stage see, of keeping that mentality at that stage. But see, people talk about Oli's mind management and Oli's tactics. Well, let's think about it. He came in nearly two years ago, midway through his first season. Finished sixth. Yeah. Wherever we finished that season, you could not say that that was an Oli on a social finish. Because he never had the full season. Half the season had gone by the time he came in. His first true season, he finished third. Yeah. I think this season, as his second full season, now is the time to, at the end of the season, look at where we finish, look at what we win, and then he can have a proper assessment made upon himself. I was if he doesn't that. win the Premier League, he has to go. I don't think you can say that, though. Because no other, cup in that, no other cup is what I'm, I want. 
what we can win. Yeah, but no the other Premier cup is, is the only one we're left in now that we can. No win. other cup is what well, I, I want the Premier League or nothing. But I'm not. We're Man United football club. We shouldn't be battling for Europe. Okay, and let cup. me let, uh, listen. Okay, cool. Again, I'll go back to another question. Then, did Fergie instill that in the club that it's Premier League or nothing? And oh, of course. It, but it now that he's left and you've seen the let's say not decline but regress. Do you have to have a bit of a reality check and think, well, maybe you don't? Why should we always lowering my standards? But like we said, Fergie got the best out of that squad even before Fergie, even before Fergie, even when United were in this old second division, there was a self-entitlement from Man United as a football club as to we're not meant to be here. But even that, the manager we have now, when Jose finished second, he's said, only we shouldn't be happy with second and the fans won't be happy with second, so what's changed? I don't think anything's changed. I don't think anything's changed. Well, I, think he, well, I think every manager says that. That's the problem. Every manager well, says what fans want you, to hear. Well, at the end of the day, he was not manager of Man United mm-hmm. and he needs to come and show us why his Look, second wasn't good. There is a plan in place. That plan is not a plan which is going to be effective as of tomorrow. The first step of that plan is making sure we have Champions League qualification year on year out for the, at least two seasons. He's done that for the first season. I'd say do that for this season and if there's a title challenge as a bonus... Albeit. It shouldn't, it shouldn't Next be. season, after having that uh, Champions League qualification for the first two seasons, that's when now I'm expecting a big title push. I'm expecting this season, to be honest. I'd oh, say this season only this because is of chance. the instability of the other clubs around yes, us. I agree. I agree. It may have fast-forwarded that. At process. the moment, you've got five points that separates first yeah. and tenth. Yeah. So realistically, any one of those top ten teams going in the league, yeah. we'll see after January, February, but we've got the about six of those teams will drop off. Yeah. And maybe another six teams come up and, well, you and say sort that, of rep, but you replace know what it them. Is. These mid-table like the Villas, the Southamptons, you know, Wolves, your Wolves, even West Ham. They've got an advantage because even in years where there was no COVID and there was no pandemic and we didn't start the season late, the big clubs in the Champions League and the Europa League complained about fixture congestion. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Now that yeah. the season is so much shorter, there's even more congestion. Hundred percent. So the teams that are not in Europe have so much more of an advantage. Hundred percent. I agree. And I think we're seeing the effects. I think of that you now. played. Was it nine games in November or in October? We similarly because we obviously got Thursday night and then Sunday, and you know, we all know how that's gone out for us. But. <laughs> But um, let's not go there, Chris. We won't go there, no. But that's the thing that you've got a plan in place. We've got a plan. personally. I'd love to see Arsenal United go back to the top where it's just the two of us fighting. I'd like that too because when we were there, we won the majority of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we gave you the most headache. Let's be fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got a plan in place. So you can see that. I think any neutral fan can see that you've got a very good squad that maybe should be competing. Potentially. Um, You've got a very young squad, so again, it's, it is the inconsistency behind yeah. are we going to see it, are we not going to see it. But there are certain players who haven't, in my opinion, stepped up enough. And for me, this should be their final season to prove themselves. Yeah, um, I would agree. Your Luke Shaw's, your Anthony Martial's, yep. um, even Paul Bogba to an extent, in my opinion. I, I agree. My brother is a fanatic of Paul Bogba. He's currently but wearing a Paul Bogba t shirt. He needs a massive. Yeah, he does. Next five he does. months. And I said that to him in the car on the way here, that it's his inconsistency. It's his, mm. you know, every now and then he has that lapse in concentration where, you know, we said it yesterday in the Sheffield United game where John Fleck sort of just bypassed him. He didn't even realise he was there. Yeah, no, there was, but I mean, then he stepped up. He played well yesterday. He did. But he still had his moments yesterday where he lost the ball midway inside our own half. Yes. And the pressure straight away on our back four. Yes. And yeah, I think, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think there's... Probably say there may be a couple of more players 
that you could probably think yeah, of. I mean, De Gea, as much as I love him, he needs to also find his consistency again. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think Dean Boyd, Henderson will probably still play a bit more. I like both of them. Yeah. Um, I don't want Henderson to start being our number one only because, in a way, he's going to be fed to the wolves. 100%. Um, Twitter is toxic, as we all know. Yeah. And it's uh, very unforgiving. Yeah. So, with a De Gea who's, what, 31, 32, and used to it, yeah. his skin is a lot tougher and a lot thicker. Yeah. Um, the same with Van der Beek. There's a reason why I prefer, and I think there's a reason why he is being eased in. And again, man management of players with social media has completely changed. Yeah, yeah 100%. There's some, there's some players that, like you said, will get thrown into the wall straight away yeah. with no problem. Yeah. And they can handle the pressure. Others, they can't. You just you just look at Nicolas Pepe, for example. Yeah. He can't handle it at the moment. He's a confidence player where he needs to be playing every week, scoring a goal or an assist every single week to build that confidence. Right now, he's in and out of the side, so every time he gets the ball, you look at him, you think, where the hell is 72 million on that play? I mean, even someone like Martinelli, when he comes back into your team, if he goes through a barren, I mean, it's expected, he's just come back from a big injury, he probably won't hit the ground running. No. Just watch. Yeah. If he goes two or three games without scoring a goal, there will be Arsenal fans on Twitter questioning him. Or it'll be the other way. He'll bang, and he'll just you know goal a game or whatever yeah. it is. And then the minute he has one or two games where it's bad, which will happen, which will happen, it's normal. Everyone will be like, "What the hell's going on?" Yeah. Or we will put too much. Pre- we put we're putting too much pressure right now on Bakaya Saka. Yeah. He's 19 years old, realistically, or 18 years old. Realistically, he should not be starting every game for us. No. He should be <clears> starting <throat> a game, coming on as a sub, starting a game, blah blah. blah. Yeah, but if you're, you're good enough, you're good enough. No, no, you're, if you're good enough, you're good enough. But the problem there lies is that... How will go Ronaldo and Rooney when they start playing for United? I get that. Yeah, yeah, even Ronaldo. Even Ronaldo is inconsistent he at the start. And he also, bear in mind, his first season at United, we had only gone to Solskjaer at United. Yes, yes. And they alternated who played on the right. And you had Ryan Giggs there. You had yeah. Rooney. You had uh, Van Nistelrooy. Of course. So you had players in around him who, if he did something wrong, they could pull him back and say, maybe sit back and for a And that's the issue. If you're going to... There's no problem at getting a 19-year-old in to be a feature in your team week in, week out. But he should not become the focal point of that exactly. team. Exactly. And Saka is... The focal really, point of yeah, that team. he's becoming the focal point of the team. There's yeah. nothing wrong with him. But I think there is. I think there, I, there is nothing wrong with that. Look if at you've got that your Ajax, he was a captain now. Yeah, yeah, but he, he had the focal point. He wasn't. Yeah, he was no, you had Ziyech, you had, Ziyech, you had De Jong, you had yeah, the the spine of the team. See, I don't, no, I he don't made know. up the top part of the spinal team. I think I think MJ's right though. If you're if Saka is a nineteen year old but he's got Nelson who's performing on the same level, he's got Martinelli who's performing on the same level, he's got Eddie and Ketia scoring every game, you've got four players in who are all similar age who can take the burden off you. But again, that shouldn't happen. Exactly. It should be Aubameyang. It should be Lacazette, Pape, Willian, it should yes. be all of these players. When Rooney came into the United team, he had Van Nistelrooy. He had scores behind him. He had kicks to the left. Yeah. He had Solskjaer in the team. When Jose Antonio Reyes came into the Arsenal squad at 20 years old, he had Burkamp, Henri, Perez, Jungberg. Oh, Van Persie was also a similar player. And Van Persie, who was yeah. also a similar player. And look, because Van Persie came in at a time when he had all those players around him, Van Persie didn't hit the ground running at Arsenal. Oh, he didn't play for about three seasons. But look Consistently. what he turned into. Exactly. And that's, that's where, like, yeah, I get what you say. If you're good enough, you're good enough. That's fine. But you don't put the onus on that one player to make something happen. You know, I I was saying it to, to Adam the other day. Well, you end up like Zaha, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You bring him in, you put the focal point on him because that's what Moyes did. It doesn't work, and he gets sold back to yeah. Palace. And at Palace, he's still the focal point. At 27, where's, where's 28. Where's it taking him? No, exactly. It's true. 
Um, and if he leaves, Eze, again, I mean, we're moving on to Palace, but Eze would then step up, step up, yep. fill that burden, but we'll follow a similar pattern. And I said to um, my friend Zach, he, I said to him that, do you anticipate big clubs coming in for Eze? And he said, if he continues the way he's playing, yes, because yeah. it will happen. I think the fact that they've got Eze now who can, you know, in some respects do the same things that Zaha does just not with the same amount of passion because it's his local club that Zaha but he can do things that Zaha can do so it's not you're not having to only look at Zaha now you're looking at other players um, what was I going to say I was asking you the question actually in the car if you had the opportunity to sign some players who would you sign um, in this January January or summer moving to the summer we need four or five players we need a centre back a right back a defensive midfielder, a right wing and a striker do you agree with that? Centre back, right back, defensive midfielder, right winger, and a striker. Mm, to an extent, um, I read somewhere. I don't know where it got leaked from, but United have put a pure focus now on bringing in two to three world class players every summer. <coughs> okay, that's their emphasis. Yeah, they will not buy in January unless there is a bargain or an yeah. emergency. Yeah. If we were to think about the summer, if they're saying they're going to bring three world-class players in, what are we getting in? Well, yes, we need a centre-back. Yep. The reason I say we need a centre-back is because as much as I love Lindelof, and I think Maguire has done okay since he came in, they don't have competition. No. I don't class Bailly, Rojo, Jones, Vanzibi, I don't class them as competition because I don't, in my opinion, feel they're on the same <clears> level. No. So a centre-back to come in after getting rid of Rojo and Jones, would be good. Yeah. Um, I think a defensive midfielder is key. Yes. Uh, Matic, as much as I think he's really tidy on the ball, he hasn't got the energy anymore. He's no, he doesn't. getting older. And yeah. yeah. I think it's his final season. Um, I think a lot also depends on Cavani. Are we going to keep Cavani? Because he's done well. I'd keep him. I'd keep him for another year if we want to invest in a right winger instead. Yeah. If Martial goes, then the then you have to yeah, and yeah. you have to keep Cavani. If you because I think if you were to sign a striker, you'd sign a younger striker anyway, and but then at least yeah. that way then. But I mean, you've got Greenwood. Wouldn't want a younger striker. I okay. mean, I, the the whole point with our team is at the minute it's the average young. age is young. Yeah, they're growing. Yeah. So if you then start build adding to the team with 21, 22 year olds, all you're doing is keeping that average age down. Yeah. And continuously waiting for them to mature. Yeah. The average age at the minute is what, 25, 26, bringing a striker at the same age. A yeah. world-class striker at the same age or even above. Yeah. Someone who's going to hit the ground running. I mean, you mentioned the fact that you can't replace your centre-backs because the other quality is not good enough. And I've said it on the previous pods about Aubameyang. If I was Arteta, I would have dropped him ages ago because he knows he's undroppable. He knows regardless how he plays, regardless how he doesn't score, if he doesn't make anything happen, he's not going to get dropped because he's but the again, only one. That goes back to modern-day managers. Yes. Is Arteta allowed to drop a Bamiyan? I think so because if he was still first team coach, I think the the answer would be no. Because he would be told upon higher this is the way you've got to play, this is the way the team you've you know kind of build around. But because the fact that the reins is on him, it's him and Edu, that's it. And I don't think Edu's man enough or has the balls enough. I I personally, regardless of the fact that Edu's technical director for me, Arteta manages him. 
So Arteta goes to him. Same, similar how Arsenal I used to do with David Dean. But they okay. So the board have backed Arteta over the Ozil situation. Yep. He drops Aubameyang. Aubameyang sends out an email to the board, to Kroenke, to whoever. They will ask questions to Arteta. How are you dropping him? Why are you signing him to a new deal, giving him yep. all this money, and then dropping him? I think then the answers would be. I'll give you a few clips of him. I'll give you, you know, all of our last yeah. recent games. Watch how he strolls around the pitch. Watch how the minute he so doesn't get a ball. Why did you suggest we sign him up for a new contract? That's going to be the question. Because he's got 75 goals in 120 games. His goal to game ratio is unquestionable at the moment for the club. So you don't want to lose that. You can't. It's like someone said the other day. You can't. You don't lose your ability as a footballer over the summer. You know, everyone. I think, me personally, I was okay. Well, yes, <laughs> yeah. we all know what happened there. But I was okay with us signing William in the summer because I thought it's a free transfer. He can help. Like a lot of investment has gone into the likes of Reese Nelson and Mill Smith. I'm thinking this guy's won everything he can possibly win at Chelsea. Chelsea know him inside out, and they're willing to give him a two-year contract. Tottenham under Mourinho knows everything about him. They were willing to give him a two-year contract. He can't be bad if you're still willing to give him that. And I, oh, I, I know think he is. He is bad. Don't get me wrong. William, I just don't think William will not play unless it's for. He will only play for a specific manager. He doesn't yeah. play for the club. I agree. At Chelsea, yeah. he went through spells because he played for specific managers. I agree. I agree, and that's the thing. So with that, I think he. I was happy with his signing, like I said. But the thing is, he has just shown. I don't know what he showed. He hasn't shown anything. Mm. I mean, I said to you at the start of the season, then I said, you know, as far as free transfers go, he's already earned it because he's given us two assists on his first game, <laughs> you know, and look where that's come back to bite me here. <laughs> but um, but in, the, in terms of Aubameyang, I think some players, regardless how good you are, need to kick up the arse sometimes in a wake-up call. He knows he won't be dropped because where the hell else is our goals coming from? That's the problem. Yes. Got. And that's the problem Fergie never had. Yes. Because Fergie could drop anybody and replace them with and anybody Arsene else. And did the same thing. And Wenger did the same. Yeah. Wenger did the exact same thing. When Burkamp was 31, 32, he dropped him for Van Persie. He dropped him for Reyes. Yeah. He wasn't happy Burkamp, but he stayed because he loved the club. He knew full well when Reyes came in and we were still playing 4-4-2, that Reyes would be the man alongside Henri, not out on the left, not as our left winger. So Wenger knew what to do, you know. When um, when we played up two up front with Adi Bayor and Van Persie, and then Adi Bayor left, and everyone went, "Well, who are you going to replace him? We don't need to replace him because Van Persie is going to be the man that scores us thirty goals." And he did. Yeah. The problem is we haven't got that in our in our team right now. We yeah. haven't got a left winger who, if you're going to say Aubameyang is going to move to the centre, we haven't got a left winger who's going to play. Saka. He he. Yeah, but again, it comes back to that point of you're relying too much on him. Not really. Well, you because can't drop Aubameyang. You're already dropping Lacazette. Yeah. You've already outcasted Ozil. Exactly. You've got rid of Torreira. You've got rid of Gunduzi. Yeah, well, that's, that's the club, isn't it? It is the club, yeah. but they need to invest. But that's why I think, and I said, like, I said to you on, on Twitter, I said about him lasting past January because he said it in that Spanish interview. I've re- re- you know, referenced it a few times. He goes, you know, you, we need five or six people in these positions to play the way I want. He knows full well what he needs. He knows full well who's not good enough. But... Unless you're Chelsea and you have a transfer embargo and you can sign nine players in one summer transfer window, it's not possible always yeah. to sign nine players and also... Because think about it, Chelsea haven't really sold many players. They've just stopped playing all of their youth players, yeah. which is going to happen anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah, but in all honesty, even with Chelsea, I mean, what, they spent over 200 million. Oh, yeah, summer. and they haven't done anything. They haven't. No, of course all. they haven't. No, they, they haven't. money in the wrong place. Yes. You know, we, I, I said I'm going to have this conversation with my Chelsea friend soon, but when are we going to have the quote-unquote Pepe Havertz conversation? Well, you, I think you've got to. Of course you do. You've got to. I mean, it can't be one rule for United players and one rule for Arsenal players and then another rule for the Chelsea and Liverpool players. Of course you can't. In the media, they seem to get that. Oh, they do all the time. They say, yeah, but on the ground, yeah, you've got Kai to Havertz is nothing special. Neither is Tino Werner. They're just quick players. Tino Werner's just quick. Yeah, and he's, he, he's got, I think, seven goals and assists in the Premier League. You know, it's an okay return, but it's nothing special. A year ago, we were talking about Giroud being finished. Yes. The Chelsea players around him are so bad, they've made him come back from the dead. They've made him undroppable. Yes. Even then, though, Chelsea's main attackers, the attacking threat mainly is coming from the defence. Yeah, the likes of Zuma. Chilwell, Reese James and Zuma. Yeah. Yeah. But there's something wrong with an attack that we've invested. But that's why I was saying to you the other day, and we'll go back to the whole, you can't rely too many on one player. If you look at the likes of Liverpool, you look at the likes of City at the moment, and I can't even reference Tottenham because really and truly it's only Kane and Son that they're relying on. But you've got like Salah, you've got Firmino, you've got Mane, Jota's come in and yeah. you know displaced Firmino. At City you've got Jesus, you've got Mares, you've got Sterling, you've got De Bruyne, you've got Bernardo Silva, Aguero. Aguero. You have if one player is playing bad, yeah. that's fine. Four other players will start step up. And at Arsenal, we yeah. haven't got that yeah. at the moment. And at Liverpool, for example, there's a reason why your Trent and, you know, Robinson. the Curtis Jones and yes. whoever oh, is yeah, yeah. coming yeah. through look really good. Yes. Because they're not the focal point of the team. Exactly. You know, exactly. at City, Foden's looking incredible because he's not the focal point of the yes. team. Green will come to United. Well, the other night against West Brom. I thought he played well. I thought he was tidy. Okay. At United, Greenwood comes in. Yes. Yanazai comes in. Oh, yes. Zaha comes in. McKay. Pereira comes in. Okay. And then the minute they do something good, all our hopes and dreams are stacked on the shoulders of these young men yeah. at different times. Yes, yes. And they just failed. I mean, Yamazai was carrying the team under Moyes. I would love, personally, especially in Saka's case here, yeah, that we have William Fire on all fronts. Lacazette, Aubameyang, Pepe, and we are four or five new up at some point, and Saka comes in with a goal at the end or an assist. It still keeps his confidence going. It still keeps the fact that you can say... But it keeps the attention off him. It keeps yes. the attention off him. Because look at that. He played so well for us last season in the Europa League as a left-back or the left wing-back that England looked at him initially under Southgate and said, we don't want him for that position because we've got other players. And then all those other players got injured and they went, okay, cool. Who are we going to... Oh, well, we'll play Saka left-back and he has two man in the match performances under England. He is going to have that problem that a lot of Arsenal players have had in the past where because you're not tied down to a single position your club performances you're going to play right wing left yeah. wing left wing back centre no mid consistency, is there? no but England you're going to play left back and only left back because you know we've already got the debate between Mason Greenwood and uh, Mason Mount and Grealish as to who's going to play left mid for England so Saka's not going to come along with that because he's not producing the numbers that the other two are producing no. or Southgate hasn't favourited favorited, um Saka, yeah, as opposed yeah. to Mount. Um, but moving away slightly from that, what's your predictions for the rest of your season? I think we'll wrap it up in a little bit because we've gone for um, a little while. So. As said, by February, end of February, so we are still in the same position we are now where we win our match in hand and we're two points off the top. I will expect a title challenge and a serious one at that. Do you expect any incomings in January? 
I mean, we've got the young kid, what's his name, Diallo, coming in. Yeah. I haven't watched much of him. But again, um, you're going to go back to that point, you don't want to put too much on no, him. No, and he'll be, he'll be <laughs> eased in, I reckon, pretty much the same way Pellistri's been eased in. Yeah. Um, starting for the youth team and the under 23s, which I think is the right thing to do. Bad result today, though, and he lost 6 1, apparently. Who's that, Atlanta? No, um. Chelsea United. Oh, United United yeah, United under 23 to Chelsea. Chelsea. Oh, well, that's not good, is it? Well, no. he's had a really good start. But, yeah, exactly. Um. I mean, I get my heartbreak looking at him. I don't need to look at the under 23s as well. That's the only joy I get is looking at the under 23 and the ladies here. They're actually doing well, something. Yeah. Yeah. They're actually doing something good. Um, I want a long FA Cup run and I'd like us to Who do you got in the FA Cup? Uh, challenge for the title. The FA Cup. He's not been drawn yet, has it? Yeah, he has. has We've got um, Newcastle at home. Yeah, so it must have been. Got. You've got the League Cup coming up as well. Everton away. Yeah, that should be good. Yeah, Man City away. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I know. if we could do well in the Cups and a title charge, if we're still in the same position for every, that's my expectation. See, I mean, I think we can win the League. Is it, are you going that with your heart or with your head? Any other Cup competition game, I want to see a youth, like a second team play. Premier League needs to be the priority. Simple. Okay. I would play our kids in the Europa League. Even the year from yeah, I think I th- who have you got in the Europa League as well? Uh, Real Sociedad, Real Sociedad. tough game. Uh, Silver's banging on all fronts again, isn't he? Yeah. So it's going to be a tough game. Hopefully, we go out. Who so you got this weekend? You've got Leeds at home. home. Oh, that'll be a fiery game. Prediction: four two three one four two. Well, I'm banking on Bruno for my FPL, so yeah. we'll get into that in another one. Yes. So, but anyways, guys, hope you enjoyed this podcast. It's a Man United special. I'll be back at some point with some more Arsenal chat, some Liverpool chat, Tottenham chat, and Chelsea chat. Uh, until next time, guys, like, share, subscribe. Hope you enjoy. You can find me on Twitter at CJ Wright and also on YouTube. But until next time, peace.